Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You are just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we pray for your blessing on this broadcast. As we take a look at world events, we ask for your eye salve, your spiritual eyesight, that we might have eyes to see and ears to hear your will, your perspective on what's happening in this world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I am Scott Ritzema, your host, for another 30-minute news blitz through uh, quite a number of different topics today. UK Mirror reports, first and foremost, Belgium police machete attack. You probably heard about this one over the weekend. Knifemen shouting Allahu Akbar hacks two female officers. A third female officer raced to help her colleagues and then drew her gun to shoot the attacker and you know these news headlines like this one just seem to be just keep on coming and we saw a couple of weeks ago they were happening so frequently there was one statistics that was statistic that was compiled that showed that there was an attack of this sort in Europe every 86 hours and that's the kind of number you would expect in the Middle East in in Israel in Iraq in Afghanistan in North Africa in Europe now it continues to happen We'll keep our eye on that and keep tracking the biblical implications of this. As we know, the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. That those who follow him as their Lord and Savior, if they are following the true biblical teachings, it will lead to harmony, unity, peace, humanity, affirming of everybody's individuality and everybody's who is an image bearer of God. That's what we are. We are created in his image. Satan's doing his best to mar the image of God in man. And in cases like this crazy jihadist outburst, like what happened in Belgium, it's annihilating the image of God, trying to just snuff out life from the face of the earth in so many different ways. Such just horrific news in this time in which we live. I, I'm really excited to report on this next one. Some some positive news from Christian Today. Swedish churches to use drones to drop... Now, notice this. Using drones to drop... Usually we would you know, finish that thought and sentence with the warfare, the wars and rumors of wars that continue to envelop the globe. As Matthew 24 said that they would in the last days. There's a, there's a signpost of the last days, by the way. But here, the rest of the headline reads, Swedish church to use drones to drop thousands of Bibles in ISIS-controlled Iraq. Isn't that an innovative, very Christian spin upon the normal way that the kingdoms of this world conduct themselves and must conduct themselves? You've got warfare going on against ISIS-controlled territories. Well, onward Christian soldiers. We have a mission. You know, that word mission is often used in military contexts, but here is an, an even more eternally significant mission. And that is dropping thousands of Bibles in ISIS-controlled Iraq. I have to give a little bit of applause to that Swedish 
Church. Reuters reports. One third of Britons. Here's some more good news for you. One third of Britons have undertaken a quote digital detox by ditching their smartphones and tablets to wean themselves off online addictions and to do more in the real world with friends and family, says Ofcom, the communications industry's regulator. Some 15 million adults have sought temporary respite from the internet. Ofcom says, as adults spend an average of 25 hours online each week, 29 hours for 16 to 24 year olds per week. Well, that's some more sobering statistics of how much we are constantly glued to our screens and plugged into the internet and tech world and social networking media and entertainment culture. I cover that all the time, but here's the good news: 15 million people in Britain have said. We're going on a digital detox. We're going on a media fast. We're going to unplug for a while. That's really good news. And in fact, I've been talking about this for quite some time about how it's become so crazy, so insane, so、uh, virtual our our human experience being vir- in the virtual world that you know th- there will become two tracks, two courses that people will take in this. Age in which we live, many will become more and more and more plugged in. They will they will、uh, begin augment augmented reality, with VR actually entering now into the three dimensional world,、uh, augmenting the human body with more types of technological、uh, implants and inserts, and in the brain then becoming linked in with that, and that that's a couple of decades down the road. But that's one track: people becoming more and more and more immersed. In the tech world, but in the context of that, it gets so crazy. It sounds so dystopic. It sounds so unhuman that it's just crying out for a reaction, and that would be a good reaction, an appropriate reaction. This isn't a version of problem, reaction, solution where you're going to end up with something bad. No, this is a good thing for us to say. I'm going to have selected hours a day, or days per week, or even just take a week or a month sometimes to have a detox, to have boundaries set around my experience of particularly entertainment media. Of course, we have to use computers for work and these kinds of things, but getting off as much as we can and getting back into real life. U.S. may fund research. Speaking of augmentations and crazy, weird tech in the 21st century, U.S. may fund research to create mixed human-animal embryos. Now, you, you heard that right. This is not sci-fi. This is the world we live in. And in fact, the Book of Revelation talks specifically about how there will be a judgment that will come down from God, because there will be people who were destroying His earth. It says in Revelation. That he will destroy those who destroy the earth. What does that mean? Destroy the earth. Well, the very DNA and genetic code, the very fabric of life on this planet, is being monkeyed with as we speak. That that's one one manifestation of destroying the earth. Research that mixes human cells into animal embryos 
could get U.S. government funds for the first time under a new proposal that has stoked concerns about ethics and the limits of science. Some say the research has the potential to spark major medical breakthroughs. And so, you know, this could this could help in the treatment of disease. But critics, however, worry that these mixtures or chimeras named after the Greek monster in mythology with a lion's head and goat's body and dragon's tail, that these chimeras raise complex moral questions and go beyond what is acceptable in modern society. One year ago, the U.S. National Institutes of Health placed a moratorium on research proposing to introduce human stem cells into into animal embryos, deeming it too controversial. Controversial. Now, by the way, I reported a couple of months ago that even while they placed that moratorium, the federal government said, eh, no, we're not going to fund that. We're not quite there yet. The merging of man and animal genetics, this is kind of... Frankenstein-ish, we're, we're, we're not there. So the federal government said, too controversial, we're putting a moratorium on, on funding it. But at the same time, it continued under private funding. So the, the crazy world we live in doesn't depend only on, on federal funding. You had, you had private backers saying, we want to see this move forward. And many of them, of course, uh, you know, well-intentioned and, and altruistic in their motives. This isn't necessarily some, like, you know, evil Frankenstein monster scheme. Although, you know, the devil is the true one behind any monkeying and messing with and, and, and manipulating and altering, destroying the earth, altering the genetic code. But, you know, there were, there were other scientists also that were proposing working on creating, creating an actual synthetic human genome. So they want to be creators, right? And that was the devil's desire in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 when, when he was an angel in heaven. You knew that, you know, that, that Satan was not always evil, right? He, he was a, he was a, pure and holy angel called Lucifer in heaven. God created only perfect beings. God never created a devil. That would that wouldn't be not that would not be holy of him, right? If he created a devil to be evil, that then then what it says in 1 John that in him is no darkness at all, all and God is light, well then that would not harmonize with this you know assumed weird theory out there that the devil has always existed or that God created the devil. No, no, no. We're in the middle of a conflict between one of God's fallen angels, one of God's angels who fell, I should say, one of God's holy angels, Lucifer, fell. It's reported in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And his fall, if you will, his sin, his becoming an evil being and recruiting a number of other angels to join him, a third of the angels of heaven followed him, followed Lucifer, who became Satan. And, and his, his goal in that rebellion, in that fall, in that becoming evil experience up in heaven that you read about in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, he said he wanted to be the creator. He wanted to be in the position of the creator. And now today we have modern man saying the same thing. We'll create a synthetic human genome. We'll create new species by merging man and animal in chimera organ harvesting and growing types of environments. And then actually remember the other research that we talked about in the past where they're actually, they're actually doing this. They're delivering synthetic genes into monkeys, literally re-engineering animals, which they could very well do to humans as well. They're proposing this as, as a making disease-resistant monkeys and ultimately disease-resistant humans. You've heard of genetically modified crops, right? The, the GMOs that, that, that people talk about as being potentially not healthful foods to be eating. We want to be eating organic. If you're eating organic, you're not, you're not getting any genetically modified food, which is a, which is a bonus. You want, you want to avoid that when, when possible. 
And what they're doing with those crops is they're they're altering the genes of the crops of the food and inserting different genes from different species and different different uh, even even kingdoms say from the animal kingdom right into the plant kingdom and all sorts of really weird stuff we're we're living in the future right now <laughs> when you read about these things that are happening it's it's quite quite alarming but now they're doing it with animals did you catch that in the news there it said that they're they're doing genetically modified people who instead of just disease and pest and herbicide resistant crops they're doing this with monkeys to then bring it to humans as well do we have genetically modified humans coming in fact that's already happening with designer babies and all of this we'll 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 leave that subject for now how about this one the daily wire on friday a gay man received the green light from a judge to continue his lawsuit against the Catholic Archdiocese of Chicago for alleged discrimination. The church fired Colin Collette from his position as music director after he publicized his engagement to his male partner. The church said this is a non-sacramental marriage, and they fired him. Collette, who served the church for 17 years, then filed a lawsuit against the archdiocese, seeking reinstatement, back pay, and compensatory and punitive damages. And the judges, the judge has now given him the green light to continue that lawsuit moving forward. And I'm not Roman Catholic. I, I, I believe in the Bible and the Bible alone, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not the, not the sacraments of the church as the avenue of salvation. But we've got to stand up for everybody's religious liberty, right? We've got to be a voice for freedom, for religious liberty, for everybody. It doesn't matter what group and this church has a right to say we don't endorse this type of so-called marriage. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com or write to us at 11333 Bacchus Road, Lakeview, Michigan, 48850. We all know of the tragedy of divorce, abuse, and broken homes. But did you know that even among solid Christian families, Less than 10% of them ever open the Bible together as a family or pray together other than at mealtimes. And did you know that the average child spends more time watching TV by the age of six than he spends in conversation with his father during his entire lifetime? The family in America today is in a deathly spiritual crisis. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. We're back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm your host, Scott Ritzema. 
And the website is 11thHourDispatch.com, where you can listen to all the previous broadcasts, including the news programs like today's or the ones where we have seminar material from Media on the Brain and the other seminars that I do. This radio show, my friends, is meant for the purpose of helping us all cope with what's going on in our world as it relates to Bible prophecy, how we know biblical values are under attack, religious freedom is under attack, and how we can turn to Jesus Christ as the way and the truth and the life. And that's why that song opens up this segment, Wonderful, Merciful Savior, Precious, Redeemer, and Friend. You know, Jesus has a much better way for us than the way of the modern world, where violence is on the rise, division, hate, intolerance, the love of most would grow cold, the Bible says, the family falling apart, the culture in a collapse crisis scenario. What God has given to us is the admonition to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's given us a, a way to live. You know, if you follow the biblical model, and, and, and get healthy, physically healthy. That's I want to cover that in this segment because our physical health has a direct bearing and impact upon our spiritual, emotional health because all of that happens in our brain. And your brain is part of your body. Your brain is the first place you notice it sometimes when you're unhealthy. I saw a CBS News report on a study that shows that the average American is now a full 15 pounds heavier than... 20 years ago and that 15 pounds is not from well we've we've gotten back to the land and we're you know digging trenches for potatoes and we're exercising and exerting our physical muscles a lot so we've gained a lot of a lot of muscle to our physical frame not so 15 pounds heavier as the overweight and obesity epidemic continues before our very eyes and, and by the way they've they've also shown in this one uh, some good news. New York Times reports, read books, live longer compared with those who did not read books. Those who read for up to three and a half hours a, a week were 17% less likely to die over the 12 year follow up period of the study. So if you read for 13 or sorry, for three and a half hours a week, then you are 17% less likely to die over a 12-year period of time than people who don't read books. Now, that's quite astounding because sitting and reading is actually not good for your health if you're just sitting, right? There was previous studies about television viewing and surfing the internet and how detrimental these things are to your health. And, and people used to say, well, you're just sitting, so much for hours a week and it's the sitting itself that is the problem well how about this when you're sitting and reading a book it is causing your lifespan to increase two years on average 17 percent chance less death over a 12 year period of time so help me make sense of this okay so if you're sitting and watching tv or surfing the internet it increases likelihood of death and disease and all of these problems if you're sitting and reading a book, it decreases those problems. Now, that's quite helpful. Now, of course, we wouldn't want to sit endlessly just reading for eight hours a day or something like this, because then it would be excessive sitting. Now, there's nothing wrong for sitting for a couple hours, you know, three and a half hours a week as all these people were sitting reading books. And they controlled also for 
age, socioeconomic status, smokers, and all of that, those who read have better health. Now, why is that? Well, the reading is stimulating your brain. Brain stimulation through studying your Bible would be the number one way. It's been shown in studies to be hugely beneficial to your brain. Is also going to be beneficial to your health. There's some good news. USA Today reports, desperate to detox, addiction services are swamped. They point out in the study, in the, in the article, that admissions to state-certified treatment programs for heroin and opi- opioid use among 18 to 24-year-olds rocketed up 222% between 2005 and 2014 in upstate New York, according to an analysis by Human Health and Human Services. On Long Island, that figure is 242%. So they studied the state of New York, 222% increase of people being clinically treated for heroin and opioid abuse. 220% increase in upstate New York, 242% increase on Long Island. Quote, we just don't have the treatment to engage people in an urgent manner. In other words, we're being overwhelmed by people who are in need of this. And you know what they're really in need of? They're in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the antidote, the solution to everything. And yes, there's this is an addiction. This is a brain issue. And with regard to all addictions, it's a complex matter. There's a whole lot going on. But the boiled down central core nugget of solution to every problem we have, including this one, is the cross and Jesus Christ as our high priest in heaven today, blotting out sin, delivering us a righteous and perfect character that he wrought out at the cross, doing away with our sins, which he throws into the depths of the sea and separates from us as far as the east is from the west. So you may not be a drug addict. You know, we have this this picture of, you know, at least I'm not a, at least I'm not one of those people. At least I'm not a drug addict, prostitute, jihadist, homosexual offender. At least I am not one of those. You know, that's a pretty easy way to hide behind the popular conceptions of the more egregious offenses to God in order to hide our own sin. No, when we look in the mirror... When we lay awake at night, when we have those quiet moments where we, we allow life to slow down enough, turning the television off, shutting off our phone, looking up at the clouds, and the still small voice of God can pierce through our hard hearts, our pharisaical attitudes of our self-righteousness. And he can identify many times in us the most egregious of all sins, and that is the sin of human pride, of self-sufficiency, of I don't need to change because I'm good the way I am. You know, God comes with the voice of love, mercy, forgiveness. His character is so infinitely gracious, it's beyond comprehension. He is so kind and good, even unto those who have totally rejected him, 
We many times have neglected, ignored, put off the voice of God. And he still pursues us with the everlasting love, saying, I would still die for you today. Jesus died for the sinner, knowing the future of how we would treat him, how our sins are what nailed him to the cross. That's God's infinite mercy. But also in his love, he comes to us with rebuke. It says in Revelation 3, those whom I love, I rebuke and chasten, a discipline. God comes to us with the still small voice saying, you may not be one of those drug addicts, but I got to work on something with you here. And if you're open to it, I'm going to give you the victory over sin, not just forgive you. That's taken care of at the cross. Are you repentant? Are you confessing your sin to Jesus? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. He's going to forgive and cleanse. He's going to give us the victory. He's going to cause us to be the overcomers of the book of Revelation, who overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of his testimony. His shed blood at the cross has done away with sin. We can live a new life so that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That new life, that mind of Christ in me, that new heart and right spirit experience that the Bible promises us is what he comes with the still small voice to offer. And it comes in the form of sometimes a wake-up call, a little bit of a shake-up, slap in the face, poke in the eye. Hey, you're not okay. Uh, He said to the Laodiceans in Revelation 3, those whom I love, I rebuke and chasten. He said to them, you guys are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, spiritually speaking. You, You got nothing. You need the righteousness of Jesus Christ, his robe of righteousness. You need the eye salve to be able to see my love and my character and my holy law and my high standard perfectly. You need the gold refined in the fire, that, that which the Bible refers to as faith, the faith that is tried in the afflictions, the fire of affliction of this life we live for a short period of time. Have you received that everlasting gospel, that offer of forgiveness and cleansing, that offer of a new life, a new heart and a right spirit? Maybe you are addicted to something. The drug addict has just as much need of the salvation of Jesus Christ as the prideful, respectably conventional person who is lusting after somebody who's not his wife, secretly. The drug addict and the average sinner, we all need Jesus equally. We all need his righteousness in order to be in his presence. Because when he comes again, my friends, there are going to be people who see him coming on the clouds of heaven and who run to the rocks and the mountains and say, fall on us and hide us from the face of the, of the lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? They're fearful of the lamb, the, the lamb, the one who sacrificed himself. He's not coming to hurt anybody. Although the presence of God is a consuming fire. So he comes with love. That, the Bible says love is like a fire in Song of Solomon. God is love. He, he doesn't come with anything but love. But to the wicked, he will be a consuming fire. It says in Revelation 14 that the wicked will be tormented in the presence of the Lamb. What a sad thing. Nobody needs to be tormented. He is the God of life. He, he's not the inventor of death. 
It's our own sin that we cling to that causes this experience of torment. By the way, while I'm on the topic of the fire and the torment, I've got to give you a website and a URL because many people hear that and, oh, Jesus is coming and this is a fearful thing and this is the God who torments people in hell and he's coming to hurt everybody. And that picture of God, not only is it false and unbiblical and a doctrine of devils, but it actually does damage to the brain. It activates fear circuits in the brain that mute the frontal lobe, anterior cingulate cortex activity of empathy, altruism, love. So we've got to put away these false notions of God. So the website is helltruth.com. Helltruth.com. You heard it right. Helltruth.com. It, it, it explains very clearly what the lake of fire is and how we don't have to be in it. My friends, we can be in the heavenly kingdom because Jesus is coming soon. Hang on to that joy and that hope. We'll see you next time. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Could it be, asks Dr. Wolfgang Stefani, a musicologist, that by fostering a homogenized global musical style, increasingly visible in the Christian music culture, that the stage is being set for a global religious identity response, a response that would allow people of all nations, of all religious backgrounds to say, yes, this is who I am. This is my music for being happy and religious, and I am a part of it. I am right at home now. The last day deception, bringing everybody together, hypnotic induction, and everybody walks and marches right off the cliff because the music has told them to feel happy and religious and like I am a part of the great oneness of mankind. The feelings dictated to us by music will overpower the reason because of the kinds of music we've accustomed ourselves to listening to on a regular basis. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.